Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Lauren's podcast. Uh, tonight is Monday, February 19th, 2018. Oh, it's a little after 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We're having a special uh, type of podcast tonight honoring African American History Month, which is the month of February. And uh, the title of tonight's podcast is going to be Targeting in an African American's Perspective slash experience. I do want to bring out some key factors that tend to make uh, targeting in our community, especially one that is African American, a little bit different. Um, Before we begin, uh, the callers have now been muted. Um, And when I'm having a personal commentary like tonight, the callers, you're going to be muted. The chat room does remain open, so you can chat among yourself. And then it's going to be interactive because, you know, questions and concerns. Just go ahead and start it on your phone, and I'll open you up. And um, let's see, all questions, comments, and opinions. My callers don't necessarily reflect my own, but in any type of setting for communication, we can all learn from one another and grow. And and I think that's really uh, good. So without further ado, everyone, we're going to go ahead and begin tonight's show, okay? As they said, let's get the show on the road. Hi. Good evening. Welcome to Lauren's Podcast. It's Monday, February 19th. 2018. Oh, got some real class tonight. Yeah, the class is me. You bet. I'm holding the mic. I'm picking up the mic. In honor of African American History Month, February 2018, I will present to you targeting in the targeted individual community, an African American experience, and perspective. Without further ado, allow me your ear. Good evening and welcome. So welcome, everyone. I'm so glad you could come by tonight for tonight's call. Uh, Many of us are new targets. Uh, Some of us are veterans. But in the process, at the beginning of our targeting, The first month may seem chaotic wherever we went for help or to leave our homes. Mobs of people stalked us. Um, When I discovered I was a target, May 2013 in Los Angeles, uh, not only when my sister and I were seeking authorities, you know, law enforcement, um, ADAs, hate crimes advocates, we received no avail. It's as if they were forewarned not to help us. At the same time, I was getting mobbed at my job. So it was as if every outlet, my home, my job, that I could think about was being, I was being censored, stopped, and yielded. If that wasn't stressful and scary, because you don't know what's going on, you just feel like, I don't know, like a... Uh, Hunted, that's the best way to put it. 
And it's as if the, I felt after three or four days as if the whole city was chasing me. It was, it was harrowing, it was terrorizing, and I don't believe I'll ever forget it. And uh, that type of heightened stress and fear, that subsided a bit, I, I won't lie. But I can never say it was better because now the days grow into other days and weeks into months and years into years. If they call this the degradation, the degrading part of targeting, it is, you see, because I may not have the necessarily the flight, fright syndrome anymore, but it's a deadening and it's heavy and depressive. We're ostracized. We're being in this so-called program. We're marginalized. With all the stressors, and especially my sister at the level of voice to skull, she was She's terrorized at a a higher level than I am, and it's it's not fair. She hates it. Um, I feel in my heart, anyone that has synthetic telepathy, voice to skull, I feel it's the most wicked and evil because you can never get away from the voices. I didn't realize until we endured our targeting close to two months, Part of the gang stalking was the deliberate, overt acts of racism. I didn't have anywhere to to address or voice that. I didn't like it. No one would. However, in the four plus years since my sister and I have been targeted in this program and communicating with other people, other African-Americans. I did ask that question. Does your ethnicity, your race, is that mentioned as a factor? And immediately it was a definite yes. I feel this program is all the anti-human being factor. You know, if you're, it's misogynist, so it's woman-hating. It's definitely man-hating. It's religious-hating. It's black-hating, but you know what? It's also Asian-hating, Hispanic-hating. I mean, they hate. And I do feel whatever the ethnicity of the person, they will heighten that towards your targeting. And that, of course, is for us to internalize and feel wounded and hurt. and um Shocked. I had, I had some moments where I was shocked. I didn't know that that type of um, Jim Crow racism still existed. However, I part of me also felt quite naive, and that was that is what brings me to tonight's uh, topic: an African American experience. Um, basically, since the latter of the 14th century, I believe that was the first slave ships into Virginia. Uh, in which African slaves came upon the shores of the America, which we now know as the United States of America. Medical, my legacy, my ancestry has been oppressed by my being African American. Um, And that word I do use a lot, and that's uh, marginalized. 
and um it's a pretty good word i feel it it really just means that um a place it, it's marginalized it's basically taking any type of um group or or and devaluing them that they have um less importance and influence or power. Uh, that's what marginalized means. It's a particular group that is powerless. And through race relations since the beginning of our country, African Americans have been oppressed and placed in a marginalized, powerless group powerless to the same footing of the American dream because they were denied access to resources, access to, denied access to education. Uh, We had to endure wars and still the resource, or shall I say the distribution of the resources currently currently meaning 2018, are still disparately uneven. The scales are uneven. When a group is marginalized, powerless, they can be fed upon throughout the decades in the history of our country. African Americans in their powerless, marginalized group have fallen prey to illegal, inhumane medical experimentation. For one, the Tuskegee syphilis study. I do recall a podcast last week and the guest speaker was a little sketchy not to remember the details, but it was taking close to 400 Negro men by the, uh, well, we call it the CDC now, but I believe it's the health organization, 1932, Macon, Alabama. So we're in the height of the country's depression. Alabama is a very poor, very poor state. Um, They were promised they were getting treated for bad blood and promised that the shots and, and pills would give them good health. Well, to a sharecropper, in this poor state of Alabama, that sounded pretty good. The study began again in 1932 and lived through World War II and the creation of penicillin and the McCarthy era and the height of the Montgomery boycott and further the 60s, the height of the full-fledged civil rights marching. And I just can't believe that on one stage you have our country in turmoil protesting and pounding for civil rights and yet this god-awful experiment is still going on. Uh, The assassinations of MLK, of both the Kennedy brothers. J. Edgar Hoover even died a few months before the liberation of the Tuskegee syphilis study ended everyone in 1972. A lawsuit was filed by the NAACP in which 
the 74 survivors of the 400 men from 1932 and their families and wives only received less than $40,000. Pivotal that I briefly give a synopsis of the Tuskegee Syphilis Study to show for four decades, 40 years, that medical doctors of the state still thought that this study was just the data and the research it would reveal. The research, everyone, was junk science. All they realized, they were simply giving these African-American men placebos and they were just watching to see how the disease of syphilis would continue to affect these men. Penicillin was already treating syphilis pre, during, and post-World War II, roughly 15 years or less. But again, they were not allowed. They were given placebos. You know, oh, I forgot something else they lived through right after that, of course, the Nuremberg. You think all of that would make them nervous? Not at all. You see, in their minds, in the minds of science, in the minds of experimentation, these guinea pigs weren't really people to them. And certainly by the attack, racial attack, uh, they weren't even considered human. It was a study, junk science, that yes, only less than 10% actually died of syphilis, more died of related illnesses that syphilis will cause, which could be blindness, everyone, a crippling type of uh, degenerative disease. So they, they, most of the bulk of the men died from related illnesses, related from having syphilis. So the, the whole study was for, for not much, not much. Our marginalized people, groups that are powerless, that is not exclusively for African Americans. As we look at our history today, women were marginalized, absolutely. Certain religious groups are marginalized, yes. Even further, people of color or various ethnicities are marginalized, absolutely, powerless. Immigrants, yes, powerless. Children, powerless. And finally, the question of the night that I want to present, aren't we, as targeted individuals, aren't we marginalized, powerless? Or or shall I say, as they are blocking our constitutional and civil rights. Many African-Americans in our targeted individual communities are tortured even more severely and horrific. Those that are plagued with voice to skull constantly are berated with the N-word just in their heads nonstop. 
to the point they're not ever called their name. Blacklisting, we all do experience. However, it's prevalent among African-American targeted individuals that the blacklisting you see, especially if they want housing or a job, many have expressed the overt racism and the smirks that they're given because by our being targeted individuals, this type of uh, racist treatment, they have no choice but to endure. It's like because we're targeted and and no one helps us, they know they can get away with anything. The sexual assaults, actually, what I've discovered since by my being a victim of human trafficking. Most African-American women have expressed to me that just when you think that they're sexually assaulted, they're raped, and most of their rapists uh, would have to be, you know, these men in the program, non-men that are not of color. Actually, that is a mistake. The powers that be in this program will gravitate to other men of color basically African-American men, uh, guys that live in the neighborhood and can join them or bribe or pay them to sexually assault an African-American woman. The guy has promised, you know, that he can have sex with her, rape her, and no, it will never be caught. He can do anything he wants. Some of our victims are drugged through frequencies. Some are have to endure heavy due assaults in their home because they want to drive the, the female out of her home on the streets, and that's where they have packs of rapists waiting. And those are just two examples, everyone, that I know of. I'm sure there's many more. So in the aspect of the stigma, racial stigma, biasness in this program, there's also intra-racism. That's racism within so there's another attack against um, the black female perpetrated by the black male. That's also to create a type of intra-animosity within one's own race, within one's own skin. Um, it also wedges further isolation and despair. Now, as I mentioned, the Tuskegee experiment that began in 1932, and it was forced to end in 1972, with less than a fourth of the men surviving, of the nearly 400 uh, men. Throughout our history, marginalized groups have been hunted, assaulted, and rights denied. This program, if you're triggered, which I think I kind of am, <laughs> by the injustices of the injustice by my being African American, they will create scenarios that my sister and I are blacklisted primarily by our race, 
they will set it up to have um, drivers to drive by the neighborhood screaming out the N-word, children on the street screaming out the N-word. I I know the younger generation has embraced it, the exotic spelling of it, the N-I-G-G-A-H, and I'm not uh, downing that. I just, what can I say? I haven't embraced the N-word that way. I'm still, at the end of the day, born in 1961. I really can't, you know, know. But this, they watch us constantly. They know what, what hurts us. Um, they know probably what empowers us. Before, and as a marginalized group, I think we all fraction off to various experiences of our targeting. I hear sometimes on various calls, we're targets, we're of diversity, and that part is true. But I'd really awfully like to our community to understand and explore our vast cultures, ethnicities, and backgrounds so we can become very, very grounded. Because number one, the only hope of having this program ex- exposed is that we targeted individuals must have loyalty and strengthen and unite and become a real family, not just the shallow pontification of mentioning it. But really, we have to do it. And number two, we have to get up, stand up, and fight for our rights because I simply don't feel anyone is going to give them to us. Brings me to the third point about marginalize. Marginalize any group that has little or no influence, powerless. Marginalize has always been people of color, gay, L-A-G-B-T, it's usually a minority factor, and they don't really share the whole of the so-called American dream, the great white life, if you want to call it that, that are not marginalized. Which brings me, everyone, to the questions, as I call it, the blue hour after midnight, that things go through my head before I go to bed. Well, wait a minute. If the beginning of time with any, the French Revolution, the American Revolution, Sparks begin to ignite by marginalized people. They had nothing to lose. They didn't like the condition or the plight of their life, and they wanted to change it. Even if we go back to ancient times, Spartacus was fighting against what? Human trafficking, slavery against the huge empire, the Roman Empire. But was he not, as a gladiator, marginalized? Yes. Marginalized because powerless, he was taken in as a slave. So I'm beginning to wonder, do we have great intentions to fight, but will all that be dismal until we accept the fact, really accept the fact that we're marginalized 
and really accept the fact that we must protest and be vigilant. We cannot be pontificating. And we have a lot of targets in our community. Sad but true. They were never marginalized. So in essence, I'm questioning if they even have the grit to fight. There's much. We suffer, we struggle. But there is so much that we can learn from one another. A few weeks ago, we all knew we lost a very loved member of our community, Elvira Williams. And she was constantly thinking of ideals, solutions to get out of this. Was she, in fact, a diamond in the rough? Good ideals, but we just don't listen until it's too late? The impact of losing a dear friend, the impact of death in itself, shakens you. Just like they say, sometimes we feel a little anxious at the beginning of a new year, a birthday. We have milestones. Noticing the first four or five gray hairs, or noticing in the mirror for a fact that I've crossed over. I'm not in my prime. I'm now getting older. Can, can one still feel marginalized within a marginalized group? I can't presume and assume because we have this stamp on us, targeted individuals, that it's going to make me all of a sudden some cultural empath that understands every minority's pain. It sounds really great on paper, but I know it doesn't exist. I know it doesn't. At the end of the day, we, we're all people. We're, we're targeted individuals. We're flawed. We were happy, okay, if not downright sad before we were targeting, you know, this program. But we were just, at the end of the day, everyone, we were people, imperfect and all. We were people. Everything is going to be a fight and a struggle. Another aspect, touching points here, the African-American experience into targeting is that intra. Intra means hate within, perp within, black on black attack. That's what intra is. Many African-Americans try to patronize uh, African-American churches. They are perped more harshly than going to a racially mixed church. And we all know as targets, a lot of us get perped in churches, period. Okay, period. But I'm good, I'm, I've got to keep this very honest of what I've heard. Um, when their perps are of the same race and culture, African-American on African-American, the, the rapes, the attacks, the assaults are, are overkill. 
as if they got a gun to their own head. You better, you know, really hurt this broad or else. African Americans in our targeted community feel even more isolated. You see, by being black and marginalized, powerless already, jobs are stripped, family are turned perps, community turned against. Uh, that first footing already being marginalized, their resources are even more limited to the point of they can't really find that. The treatment in our society when they know that these racist perps hate extremist groups can get away with it. There's been reports of McDonald's and Burger King uh, food to go in which the hamburger patty was completely raw, guys, and and all that, you know, the pickles and onions and stuff was on top of it, but the actual hamburger patty was not cooked. I was also told by one woman that she got Chinese food to go, and when she opened up her rice, it looks like uh, dust, like someone sweeps the floor from a dustpan was dumped on her rice, okay? Many have reported poisons. Uh, African-American women are experiencing um, a type of, um, particularly on the left side of their head, they're taking their hair out more severely. So it's more of a, a woman hate crime, which, by the way, if anyone suffers that their hair is coming out, I've been, mine is too. Uh, you can use um, actual cinnamon oil for men or women. Cinnamon oil is a, a stimulant growth and, with, and put on the scalp, wool dropper, that stimulates hair wherever you want hair to grow. And it, slowly but surely, my hair is starting to grow back. So it's more of a hate crime. Black women that are victims of human trafficking learn very quickly from the perps to hunter. That means go out and search for another woman. Befriend her so you can offer her to the trafficker. Thus, your rapes will stop. I am an advocate. I am a victim of trafficking. But you will never hear me say, take this person in. Hear me and hear me now. Human trafficking victims learn quickly to make deals. Thus, the trust is leery. They learn to make deals. Okay? And even though that trafficker may say, I'll lay off you, he'll eventually go back to bother raping her as well. They say what they need to say to get you to do what you need to do. It's more about, you know, social engineering that way. Okay? Many deals are, are always going to be reneged, unfortunately. Um, hospitals and restaurants, sit-down restaurants, may may wake may may and will make you wait a long time. Okay, 
for your order. A lot of times your order is not right. Or when you finally do get your food being by a server, a waitress, waiter, it's undercooked, overcooked, or simply unservable. Uh, I wanted very much this show to be a panel, but again, by most African Americans marginalized and on a platform of powerlessness, really by race. And that is true. Um, they even isolate more that they don't even feel comfortable to discuss this on a podcast. I believe all of us as targets have some heroin experiences. However, I must admit that simply being a target of color and marginalized The extremist groups that we must endure are horrific, are horrific. I don't recall last summer the the William Benny's, um, his survey, if he asked race or culture. I don't think he did. I kind of wish he had it because I'm curious of the racial breakdown. We can estimate that more females are targeted. But we'd like to even know further. Slavery, they say, still runs and haunts the veins of most black people. I can affirm to one aspect that even with resources and money, as we think in our minds, you know, sports figures, um, music singers, actors, Oprah, they make a lot of money. In this program, I was told that they are heavily monitored. It's what I'm saying is there is really no black, famous black person that one way or the other isn't controlled, so a, a high-paying targeted individual. But nonetheless, they're still a slave, and they have a lot of handlers around them, uh, and they're watched constantly. Many YouTube videos will stress they can, um, they will begin to get threatened if they take like a million dollars out of their bank account because they want to know what they want to do with this money. I believe these technologies are used to keep harness and keep people in place. And it already leaves the marginalized group by their being African American on a very vulnerable position. Uh, there's heavy racism that's going to the secret societies and cults. Many feel since the history of um, Noah's sons, Ham and Shem, that that was the birthing place of the African-American man, the black skin. I'm not sure. I'm not even going to lie. However, spiritual readings say that Lucifer and secret societies have a direct hatred of African Americans because it spawns that <clears throat> blacks have been derived from the 12 tribes 
Israelites in the Bible, and that's before, you know, the devil began walking the earth with corruption, and he doesn't like any reminders of Yahshua, and that black skin reminds him of Yahshua, so he has nothing but contempt. Again, allegedly, allegedly. I have not further studied this. However, if it's, uh, let me tell you, if it's Masons, Secret Society, you guys, Masons, are very much segregated. You will not see any black guys with white guys at a Mason Hall. They're very, very separate, the chapters. They may do the rituals, rituals and everything, you guys. They have even on YouTube, check out this. They had him dressed as a Mason, 33-degree Mason, Jay-Z, sitting with his fellow brotherhood. In that photo alone, you didn't see, I'm telling you, they were all black. So there has to be some kind of truth. The same thing with the sororities, the Alpha, Beta, Kappa. If that chapter is African-American or the Boule, the Boule is an African-American type of secret society where they would be, how do I say, the black elite, bougie. That would be your Gail and your Oprah's, you know what I mean? They make deals. They hang out at the inkwell. That's going to be the black portion of Martha's Vineyards. Very nice, very bougie. Their houses look just as nice as, you know, as the white counterparts. Just as nice, if not nicer. But they're elitist, and they frown upon, you know, the hood rats. And the boule and the black elite is spawned by maybe William Du Bois, all of that, you know, beginning of the NAACP. And since the history of black organizations, those that were in power of marginalized, of the marginalized group, but the elite of the marginalized um, had the highest degree of education and the most resources. They did. They actually did. So our secret societies are not only separate, they're racist. They will do business with one another. What I'm saying is a, a white brotherhood will do business with a black brotherhood. And then it, it still forms like a pyramid because sometimes under those secret societies, a lot of those masons are cops. So a lot of their stooges are going to be two-bit criminals, motorcycle clings, and again, two-bit criminals, gangs, MS-13, they will run together based on their ethnicity. So he can, that cop can still work out business with a black motorcycle gang of thugs just as easily with the white. But as far as their meeting halls at the Masonic lodges, they are segregated. Definitely. However, they come together to do business. Black women have expressed that are being sexually assaulted, and used as sex objects in the skin trade of human trafficking. Notice, without a doubt, high up Anglo Masons will make deals with black law enforcement, who then will get 
Pookie, the rapist, to attack her. But the deal has worked out. And I'm sure there's some, of course, money angle. When isn't it? When isn't it? I'd like to see targeted individuals come together because the main thing, we know what our ethnicity, what our gender, what our religious motivations are, and it ain't going to change. But it's so imperative that we begin to expand our capacity to learn from one another's cultures, to learn from one another's experience, education that may be. No one person has the answers. But even if we stop, I don't know, compartmentalizing our um, plight, we still are living in little boxes, further marginalizing ourselves in a marginalized group. I'd like to see all of that change. I don't have the data, but it would not shock me if a great portion of our targeted individuals are, in fact, African American. From the Tuskegee to, there's so many countless experiments and things that have been going on. Um, We all know about 1900s Birth of a Nation. Did you also know they used to call them the Night Riders? Were in larger metropolitan cities, groups of disguised doctors would go and, and literally take a black man or a black woman away to perform medical experimentations. This program that we're living under, it has the technology and they're using that against us. That is true. But the method of this program, it is not new. It's new to all of us. We lived, We thought we lived in a modern civilization. We thought America was a first world practice. We couldn't, America being the driving proponent of human trafficking, that can't be. All targeted individuals are trafficked one way or the other. Experimentation, money, asset stripping, sex, they are trafficking us. The did not consent to this. We absolutely did not consent. Point four. Generational targeted individual. Many African Americans in our community have realized that They are generational. That means their parents were targeted individuals. Their grandparents were targeted individuals. Many African Americans feel the male figures of their family were tagged in the military. A lot 
a lot of abuses are done to our military staff, a lot. Many feel they didn't have much choice in the matter, period. I think we all caught terrorists even story last week, part one and part two. When you're generational and born into something, it's as if your life was never your own. And many African Americans will agree by being the stigma of racism and oppressed, in actuality, they never really had their own life. I can't much, when I think deeply about my own, I don't know if it was ever all mine either by choice. I don't know. I have so many questions. So many questions I ponder to myself. You know? And yet, we're an ancestry that lives on, and yet we rise. Many contributions to society and to this country. African Americans have donated. And many thought prior to our president that we have right now, eight years of Obama, that change was going to come to America. Boy, has it. I don't know about you, but within his administration, I learned I've become a targeted individual. I feel that my own country is separating more than coming together as a paper that we're going to need. Um, I worry, as everyone else, about their future, about this program, about survival, mortality, kind of slaps you in your face, you know, the realization we are now marginalized. It doesn't really matter anymore what my dad did or where I'm from or what school I went to. I can't get a police report. I can't, you know, have arrested. I can't make these weapons, this voice to skull, this remote neuromonitoring stop. And that's powerless, everyone. Exactly what they want us to feel, but it's it's marginalized, which in itself it's a frightening realization. Many targeted individuals in our community are being blocked with access to find further employment. If they're taken in at shelters, the beds are infested and they're giving the worst to make black targeted individuals sick. Donations of clothes are always filthy and soiled. You know. Um, some of our targeting, they are like giving us totally this uh, best description would be a birth of a nation, you know what I mean? And trying to make me feel like Billy Holiday. It's it's really, the racism is really, really Jim Crow. I mean, it's something like really archaic. 
that, I mean, most of our minds can't even phantom. But yet it's even, you know, guys, which is now emotionally sometimes, it is creating more stress, post-traumatic stress. It is. Because, you know, one person even told me last year and stuff, every person she went by, they kept saying the word hang you, lynching. That's frightening to hear that. That's stressful. And already we're target. We're already stressed. I don't know. You know they say these things to us just to get us to react. And I know, I know we're not really supposed to. But some days that you just feel kind of low or you're just kind of sick of this whole thing and you just want your life back, it can really hurt. And I guess that's the whole game of the perps. They're just going to be relentless doing what they do to us, whether we have strong days or weak days, you know, just to wait for our reaction. So I ask you now when I open up the room, is this targeting decades? Some of us have been in this program for decades, generations. Is this program similar to the Tuskegee Syphilis Report? At the end of 40 years, it was just junk science. It was junk science, and they stubbornly kept the study going. Well, there must have been some funding now. The Tuskegee University was named in that, too. But still, in 1932, there was a whole lot of money for this study. Does anyone have any questions and comments at this time? I'm going to go ahead, um, guys, and uh, announce Wednesday. We have a um, we have a good call. Um, let me go ahead and announce that to you guys. Think about it, because I know it takes a while. And we're gonna um, we're gonna talk about something, okay? Hi, you're at the right place, Lawrence. Keeping it real, connecting the dots. Wednesday, February 21st, 9 p.m. Our guest speaker, Douglas Cruz. Douglas is going to knock it a home run in. Please join me at 9 o'clock. Men must weep. Douglas was sexually assaulted and then mobbed at his workplace. Men get raped, too. They're hurting us. I have a feeling when they'll touch a woman and touch a child, nobody's safe in the hands of the wicked. Men should weep. Join us with a powerful interview by Douglas, Wednesday at 9 p.m., Because I uh, want you to join in Wednesday's show. Uh, more than likely, Douglas Cruz, I'm sure all of you know him. Uh, 
a part of the uh, targetedjustice.com religious group. You know, um, this is a horrible program, and uh, it hurts. Everything is filthy hands touch. No one's safe. I did not ask for this darkness on my path, but I am determined more than ever to not have any reservations or hesitations. If Roseanne Barr can constantly state that MK Ultra rules Hollywood, then I'm going to state that I feel human trafficking rules targeted individual community. I'm, I'm almost positive, guys. It's the main fueling money faction. And I can't wait till it's exposed. I really can't. Now, I mentioned earlier in the arts and entertainment and sports, and since we're speaking on Hollywood, this technology is sort of the insurance card to make sure you have the optimum control over a human being. in essence, keeps your slave, especially your worker slaves, a product, if you may will, that generates a lot of money. At the end of the day, it's all about the mighty dollar to them. I want to see, more importantly, a type of bridging and understanding in our community, you know, I feel that support calls are necessary and positive, but I also feel that just like the carousel, there are so many rackets and criminality and diverse types of crimes over us. It is like being a targeted individual is 31 flavors of crime, and yet we only want to focus on one or two things. No, we've got to start really uncovering, unmasking everything that's going down in this community so we will know. Knowledge is power. Because they're coming at us every which way you can, okay? We want to know everything about the weapons. We want to know everything about the psychonics, everything. The money angles, the asset stripping. That's really important. At this time, does anyone have any questions or comments they'd like to share? As we acknowledge and honor African American History Month, 
Some even question were the first targeted individuals black. Uh, as far back as I recited tonight was the Tuskegee syphilis study. But it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, a lot of marginalized people, guys, I'm just saying the black, black uh, African-American experience. But you know what? If we even go back in the early centuries, 15th, 16th, 17th century, for example, the UK, you know, like Whitechapel, they had what? Very, very poor, um, you know, living in London. I'm almost sure experimentations. What I'm saying is, if you were you were if you were white and real poor, you were marginalized. They probably did things with with them. They have always attacked the oppressed groups and thus exploited the oppressed group. That's a good way to put it. Thus exploited. We as targeted individuals now we are marginalized. Means powerless or of little influence. But we're going to change that with our activism and and making this public exposing this i believe that's why they keep jobs and money from us because money would be resources of course perhaps we could hire a lawyer i don't know But that's really what it is. So, and the uh, targeting, especially of, to a lot of African Americans in our community, it is an archaic type of, you know, the, the last thing they should have is just for colored only. It, that's exactly sometimes what the high gaslighting and perping really wants to do. And it's very sad that... You know, people that went to, if they're real doctors or nurses, that's really shameful. I think it's shameful, period, for psychiatrists, doctors. You went to college to heal, and you're going to turn around and do this. But if we look at the history, as I was trying to explain, about the Tuskegee syphilis study, they really felt in their mind of science, you see, science, that this was the correct thing to do even as social injustice and the civil unrest, fighting for civil rights for blacks was, was paralleling. At one point, Montgomery, I was told, is only about 40 miles west of Tuskegee. And yet they kept pretty stubborn, uh, as mother, some people have mentioned to me, pretty racist to keep this going on 40 years, pretty hateful. And at the end of the 40 years, the data's junk. It ended up being the greatest deaths were caused related to syphilis, not the actual syphilis, related. So that concludes my speech tonight, honoring African American Month. Does anyone have any questions or comments? I'd like to open up the room at this time. Does 
Does anyone have any questions or comments? Chat room, do you have any questions or comments tonight? I guess everyone's really not talkative tonight. Um, does anyone feel um, to elaborate further? These secret societies come together. They do businesses, guys. They may not like the color of one's skin, but they do business. Okay. Do any of you feel that the new world order... What will they? What will their world look like? It seems like they don't like, you know. What, what will that be about? I think about a bunch of just controlled slaves and the few people in power telling us what to do. And freedom, as we know it, will not be here. So that's scary in itself. Oh, sound right here. Oh, Go ahead, 929. Hello? Hello? 929? Hello? Hi, Lauren. Hey, hi. Hi, I wanted to thank you. I found this very valuable. And I did want to say that um, I have definitely noticed that there is a noticeable noticeable targeting on African Americans, but I have also noticed that many in the community may not know specifics, but I have heard many uh, targets say on the calls that they believe African Americans are very much targeted and that there seems to be a genocide. There's something definite going on. So I think the targets do notice, but this is helpful because uh, going through the history and specifics uh, will just help. Uh, maybe our community can learn more about each other. I think that's going to really be important because I knew um, maybe two years ago there was someone that noticed when Derek had um, that meeting, you know, with FBI. It was yeah. um, a, it was a couple that drove from Northern California, and the first thing they did say on the show, I was very surprised how many. What she said, how many black people are being targeted? They, you know what I mean? They were sitting in the auditorium. People, I don't, um, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. I, I think Kurt Reeby with his number crunching NSA. I'm sure he's got some you know, great ideals for us. But I'm kind of curious. Hey, do you feel like uh, when you went to college, do you, if you look back at it, do you think there were some black students that were targeted? Yes, as a matter of fact, that's where I, uh, I can look back now and see, I've known for several years now that they were definitely targeted because of the, uh, the uh, certain people who I knew, some I wasn't friends with, some I was, um, they were extremely smart, and uh, some of them went to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, which uh, uh, many of targets know it's kind of famous for uh, a lot of, that's kind of a center for something. I don't know if it's the, uh, a lot happens, seems to um, center around Ann Arbor 
Michigan. Have you heard of anything there? Uh, there's one of the psychologists who's very famous. She's from there. But uh, certain schools are kind of uh, clusters for the originators of the targeting. Uh, anyway, um, University of Michigan Ann Arbor is. There was a female who uh, they would not call themselves targets, but um, I believe they were uh, at my school. They were targeted because they were uh, really high up, very smart. And one uh, woman, she got into Ann Arbor. Um, I won't say in what field, but she went. Um, she went home uh, to her city in the Midwest, and uh, I always was very suspicious um, about this. She went home, and her uh, sister had uh, become. I had a new boyfriend, and uh, then uh, then she was very busy with her studies at Ann Arbor. Then one day she found out that her boyfriend had uh, had uh, shot her sister in cold blood uh, right in front of the high school. Uh, you know, it was very uh, traumatic experience, and I always thought that that was set up. I believe uh, she was already uh, targeted. And because uh, they just do things to the family, and I feel a lot of uh, killings, killings, especially with guns, um, are don't really originate with the people. I think uh, you know there's some uh, uh, manipulation with a lot of the killings that happen. I think you're right. I think you're right. I've I even noticed think... in New York that's happened with gun shootings. Mm-hmm. Yes, a specific uh, events. Is what they're also doing too. There's, it's a type of genocide. It's a, well, it's a genocide period, um, and the sad part: we all are in this boat together, being targeted, and we are in fact marginalized. Yes. Right. Um, people aren't listening to us as much, but maybe that will change. I hope it will. Because we, you know what I'm, we need to work together, you guys, because we need each other. See, I really stress that we need each other. Right, and I, I think, um, once we reach that other layer of there's uh, targets who don't know, uh, maybe we don't have to call ourselves that because really, it's the whole population now. I think it is. I, I feel they're targeting everyone. I just I just wonder, say, sometimes if they just target us with more, you know, extreme, you know. But I have a feeling they're kind of watching everybody. Yes, but there is, um, right, they're using ethnic groups against each other. Uh, yes, yes, yes so there is they are. something very deep and dark happening against African Americans, especially if they're very talented or in... Like, for example, in Darlene Miles' case, she seemed to be targeted because she was doing a lot for her, for female girls in her community. Yes, uh, even, right. So if you're doing good for your community, uh, they also will very much target you. It's not just uh, for the intelligence. Um, yeah, that's a good point you raised because it makes me feel like um, you guys with this marginalization say you're 
like Darlene Miles or a good mathematician or could really be of a, of a stellar asset to your own community, you know what? seems like they want to squash that too because, you know what I mean, you would then inspire younger generations for something. Remember, and what better way to do that is just get rid of the, um, you know, talented person so they won't help a community, bring up the entire community, you know what I mean? Right. Plus, I noticed that with um, African Americans, uh, several uh, if they start, if they want to start a paralegal, an African American paralegal uh, firm, they seem to get targeted. I've seen several, you know, I've read of several situations like that, too. Right. And and then by already being marginalized in an oppressed group, you see what I'm saying? It's almost like they can. How do I say this? But they can really target African Americans, you guys, really quick because it's a group already oppressed. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like by being marginalized and oppressed, you're invisible anyway, sort of to society. So it doesn't take that much to collapse you, in essence, target you. You won't be missed. It's it's also socioeconomic too. Based, they want to keep us uh, in poverty. Right. And uh, one other thing I just wanted to say is I I feel that there uh, there's been something going on uh since like very early like maybe before the uh before the 40s before the paperclip uh scientists came over um back uh keeping racism alive against African-Americans. Um, I think it is. Yes, there's I, a phrase of the more things change, the more they stay the same. That is so true. That is so true because, uh, you know, something I forgot to mention, and I know they, if you guys read recently, I believe more funding has been given to Planned Parenthood. Well, you know that Margaret Sager, she's like the, you know, the big creator of that, Planned Parenthood. She was a eugenist, you guys, and in the history of all eugenists, I even think that guy that that discovered cornflakes or somebody, he was one too, the serial guy. Uh, they were totally eugenics, and they wanted to just get rid of the African American community. We were weeds that didn't need to populate. So if Mar- Margaret Sayer had it her way, she didn't, you know, didn't want to see us really even have children. And which, in today's terms, um, there's a lot of um, African-Americans' birth rates uh, are very low, too. And their children are dying. That's why they're only having one or two kids. There's a crib birth uh, death. A lot of them are reported. I don't know why. We I just watched one more days? Yeah, it's like half the percentage of white babies. Yeah, so there's a lot of deaths of uh, kids in the African-American, babies in the African-American communities, Um, not just terminations or abortions, but actually um, crib death, the CID syndrome, and the baby's just dead in the crib for no apparent reason. No abuse was found, so it's just mysterious. So I'm wondering, you know, who knows if that's vaccine shots that are killing them? I don't know. But the queen of Planned Parenthood was a big fat eugenist. And they just, you know, want to keep one dominant race pure. 
So there's a lot of um, well, and then you know what, guys? It gets really weird. Remember that intro, intra type of racism. Even Oprah is linked to that group with Bill Gates with vaccining and killing. They're already going after what killing off Africa. You know. So with the mind control, and if you like truly want to do the guides, the Georgia Guidestone thing, it really doesn't matter what your ethnicity is if you just believe the earth is overpopulated. Yeah. Which I don't know if I believe that. I think we have a lot I think we have tons of room on this planet, you know. I um I I really feel that uh there seems to be a lot of uh, social engineering for decades, not just recently. Um, I think you're right. Um, probably right. <laughs> trying to um, show that there is this racism or a lot of violence uh, in in the black community or against the black community, and I don't think it's real. I think it's manipulated a lot of it. I think there would be a lot more harmony. But there, I think there are these groups who keep um, engineering things so that there will always be, it will always seem that there's always a problem regarding the African Americans. Right. A lot of it is uh, uh, manipulation. You know, more than you know what I, I don't doubt that whatsoever. They lie to us constantly. They do. They lie to us constantly. You know what I mean? I believe there's some social engineering, say, even within the, our own targeted community because they want to give us this this whole scene that it's just hopeless. And I have a strange feeling. I think a lot of people are in on this, but I also think a lot of people don't know about this. You know what I mean? And I think if we just keep the good fight going, this will be exposed. Yes, that's true. A lot of people don't seem to know. But yeah. Maybe it's... Um... Uh, like I mentioned before, the um, things like torture clubs and if cults are rising and torture clubs, I I think that should uh, kind of catch people's ear. You know, that's very really dangerous. I think if most everyone, I really think if most Americans in this country had any idea that these hate extremist groups existed, they would be outraged. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you're right, I think there's a lot of social engineering. There just may not be that same type of hate that was going on, you know, 100 years ago. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, You always, uh, not just today, but you always are able to link, you bring back things from history and then you link it to nowadays and it really helps clarify a lot of things regarding trafficking and targeting. So I just wanted to thank you. Well, you are so welcome, Faye. I'm glad and I appreciate your coming to the call and um, doing our best to honor Black History Month. And again, guys, I'll take a break and tell you right now, uh, the day after tomorrow is the 21st. Um, I know all of you have probably heard Douglas Cruz, his name. He's a member of TargetedJustice.com, and that's the group that's working on uh, the mass lawsuit. And they're 
founders, Mitch Mathis. We had a few of her people on, I believe, last month. Um, on social media, which I'll cover, I had no idea because I'm sure, uh, I think it was either Linda or Ellis called. She interviewed Douglas, and we know a little bit about his story. I know he worked in Trader Joe's, but I did not know Douglas was sexually assaulted and a coworker really bullied him to stay quiet. And uh, like I said in the brief, it doesn't surprise me. I am just really want to hear a story because it always went through my mind in this scene. If they will defile and rape women, defile and rape children, why wouldn't they do that shit with a man as well? He's going to be bringing it, and that title is going to be Men Must Weep. There is rape going on both genders, adults and children. We are in, and as he wrote back to me, she she now even embraces a rape culture. I want you guys to know something. A perpetrator is a perpetrator. A rapist is a rapist. And you can be a man, woman, child. If you're, that's your inclination, it is happening. You know what I'm saying? I am feeling stronger each and every day that I really feel the propelling motivation money factor in most targets is a type of trafficking. There's just too many players, too much diversity, yet they all come together against us. The motivating factor has to be money, money. So, I don't know what I'll do, but I miss Elvira very much, and I miss her last words to me. And they were, "Do you don't know how good you are. Maybe I just don't, you guys, honestly. However, I made a point, especially since her death. No more insecurities about topics I want to address. I'm just going to, you know, cut it loose and just take off with the wind and present as many atrocities that are occurring in our community. Again, I am not a woman who loves darkness, but darkness has placed itself on my life as well as this community's life. And I just believe in my heart, the more information that you have on hand, the better warriors we will be. You show me a knowledgeable warrior, and I believe we can win this war. I honestly do. You know, ugly things are happening to us. God-awful things are happening. And there is a type, and even this technologic, these electronics, this is a, this is a genocide as well. I still will not throw depopulation off the table, guys. That could be happening as well. All I know, we have such high crimes surrounding us. Our lives are in danger. And I think, and I can't wait to get a cavalry to help us. And not to change the subject, but do any of you feel um, the way they're even fighting in 
higher halls, the White House. Do you guys feel that this, let me get this right, shadow government or deep state, which, by the way, do, do those mean the same thing? Does anyone know? Is, there, is that synonymous? One is the same. Do you think that that's getting ready to be revealed? Another comment, I am still very serious. However, my sister's been very ill. I want to begin and confirm a date solidly for the human stain letter. Just one page to send to President Trump. I feel all targeted individuals are victims of the FISA warrant, the memo. I have heard on YouTube, but no one has revealed anything. More documents are to be revealed. Many on YouTube feel that the FISA memo is, in fact, the targeted individual program. I'm wondering if this opens up for a FISA approval. Is that how they begin to surveillance us? Is is that the beginning, how they're able to generate a SAR, which is a suspicious activity report that goes to the fusion centers? Mm-hmm. Our calls, our groups are good, but we need to have a fusion center in our TI community, too that everyone has the 411 about everything. You know, we've got to drop these clicks and begin talking to one another so we can grow and learn. Uh, At this time, does anyone have any questions or comments? African Americans have made great strides and contributions to the United States of America. We already know that Dr. Ben Carson, who runs Acting Chief of HUD, also was the first black male to perform um, conjoined twins, but he separated at birth. the greatest amount of literary and artistic creativity occurred after 1910 in Harlem, the Harlem Renaissance. And never before has such a grand and long contribution of poets, dancers, writers, jazz musicians were birthed. And Harlem was affectionately known as the Black Mecca of our country. And many those that still revere the community are a bit saddened by first this plague with poverty and now regentrification, thus losing the cultural roots of Harlem, so to speak. I do believe that marginalized oppressed groups have always been picked on by 
the powers that may be. When you are perceived marginal, you're perceived not only a nobody, powerless with resources, um, it puts it puts you in essence in the seat of a victim that anyone can do as thou wilt. We are human beings. And Faye had a point. I don't even think, guys, I like targeted individuals. I don't really like that either. You know? And I pray that we're not stuck with that title. However, if it's to give you a glimpse, an insight to understanding, I believe we're all targeted and treated abominably in our communities. I won't lie. But certain groups are even treated worse because they can add on the um, systemic racism. And um, when institutions and municipalities join on, it's, it's a lot of things. It's frightening, extra frightening. You're scared. It's, it's, a, um, it's a dull and deadened type of existence. And I don't feel in our community that it's not, uh, what's the word I want to say? It may not be highlighted, but I don't take that as they don't care. It's not that. Um, simply, we are tor- a lot of us are tortured, a lot, and a lot of us don't um, really know how to understand other cultures. You know what I'm saying? As Americans, our maverick sort of temperament, we pontificate a lot, but we're not going to really like pause and let me really get great understanding of this. You know what I mean? Because, again, by our being targeted, we are definitely marginalized. You know what I mean? And we don't need to fraction off anymore. In fact, we need to join hands stronger than ever. Have loyalty stronger than ever. This program is to see us separate and divide and conquer. And not look out for one another. So I'd like to see us strengthen with more knowledge and more power. And at this time, if anyone has any questions or comments about the African-American experience tonight, I hope a lot of you um, will look into this month. Um, Another area, because I'm really not, I'm just trying to look for a speaker on this part. The Emancipation Proclamation, when they when the slaves were free, the, during the whole uh, Reconstruction process, um, former slaves were given uh, equal rights in the South. Um, when that was rescinded, actually, from that was worked out a backroom deal with the president of that time. It put blacks right back down lower. Uh, they weren't exactly labeled slaves, but they were given like sharecroppers. So all those rights and stuff were just hashed away. And it it made, um, as a group, they had to start from ground zero. And it was 
you know, very, um, that took a lot away because during the time of Reconstruction, there was close to 90 counties in the South. Um, there was a little bitterness going on. It was, um, this is the backdraft, you guys, of the Civil War. Uh, as you know, a lot of the gentry, that would be your wealthy Southern whites, uh, their currency was no good. The script, Confederate script, was no good. The money. Um, a lot of the, the Union ravished. A lot of the plantations were burnt. The slaves were free. Um, and a lot of those men, Southern men, gentlemen, so to speak, came back from the Civil War injured in a really bad habit called morphine. They simply emotionally, probably back then it was post-traumatic stress. I don't know, guys. But they had that was a big pressure that former slaves were prospering at such an exponential rate that it made them insecure. So even they ratified this to balance it sort of for the white gent returning to his land to see if he can get it back together. So all the way around, it was racism, politics, prosperity, uh, comparing. Um, this is supposed to be, you know, former slaves, the inferior group, yet they're prospering with all these counties. So they weren't, you know, didn't think much, basically didn't think much of the slaves, but then outdone when they did prosper. In fact, more, you know. And a lot of them have been in slavery, maimed, some of them fought, you know what I mean? So, you know, everyone had a, a violin song, so it wasn't like one was better than the other, but they had to, that was their version of trying to balance the scales. He needed more of an advantage returning from the Civil War. Which, why did I just even say that before we end? Because the way this program is, and these traitors, these perps, we call them, these treasonous traitors, subversives, is America not in a civil war when you kind of come against your brethren, your land, your soil? Is America imploding? You know, I believe sometimes moments that we are in a civil war right now, second civil war, Roman numeral two, we just haven't called it. I wonder sometimes if the new world order, is it here already? I, I don't know sometimes. I don't understand it all. Does anyone have any questions or comments at this time? We're about to close a little bit earlier tonight. Um, I want to thank you all for showing up tonight with us and listening to my commentary about honoring Black History Month and some insight of the African-American experience with targeting. Uh, as it applies to, you know, again, treatment from municipalities and restaurants down to the victims of human trafficking, uh, sex trafficking. And it's just, it's, that's really one of the most, it's the worst. Um, I pray for you all and safely 
and please uh, spread the word. I think uh, Douglas Cruz is well-liked in our whole community with Mitch. And um, I don't think anyone's heard this side yet, and it does need to be revealed. And quite frankly, Douglas wants to talk about it. Uh, There are some um, rape clubs, you guys, and, and criminal deviants that have been set among us, you guys. You know what I mean? And it's one of the worst parts of being targeted to be, you know, prisoner by these um, vicious groups. It's really uh, a very bad scene that we are all living through. So with that, everyone, I want to thank you for coming tonight. And I will go ahead and see everyone on Wednesday, the day after tomorrow. And men must weep. I'm going to talk about sexual assault of men. It's happening too. With that, everyone, stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you.